0: welcome to the mg kitchen podcast this is where you're going to learn all about how to cook very simple food very easily very quickly and with relatively simple ingredients it's not going to be complicated it's not going to be a nightmare it's going to be something you can do for all the family it's going to be something you're going to really enjoy particularly in these difficult times when we're all locked down and we're having to find things to do around the house today's delicious recipe is mg's paella despite the fact that some people in spain are quite upset at me calling it that. Welcome back to another session in the MG kitchen because uh, we've been so happy and we're very glad that we've been inundated with so many of your tweets uh, on the Twitter page, of course, which is MG's Kitchen. Uh, Many of you have said that you've enjoyed looking at the pictures, you've enjoyed listening to the sounds uh, and you're actually going to try some of the recipes, which is after all the whole point of it. We've so far uh, done two in the first weekend. We're going to do two every weekend and we're going to give you the chance to do something in the middle of the week as well. So last week we showed you how to do a little mashed potato uh, which is sort of mashed potato for the uninitiated people who don't really know how to mash potatoes but today what I'm going to do is my own version of paella uh, which is of course a signature dish from Spain many of you would have been on holiday to Spain many of you would have eaten out of those little oven dishes that they put the paella in with the two handles one on each side I'm going to do something slightly different because what I've learned about paella is that you can actually make it in a variety of ways you can make it with paella rice or bomba rice which is what they call it Or you can make it Catalan style with noodles, and I learned how to do that with Rick Stein. Now, if you can't get the particular type of noodles that I'm going to use, and I'll tell you which ones they are, it's actually possible to do it with spaghetti or to do it with linguine. All you have to do is shorten it so that it's not very long pieces of noodles, and you uh, can use it uh, in a variety of different ways. You're going to need a whole bunch of different things. First of all, what I'm going to suggest to you uh, is you pour yourself a rather nice glass of Spanish rosé wine. Now, this is from Waitrose, and it is, in fact, from northeast Spain, uh, which is a very interesting part of the world. It's up near Cadequeth, of course, which is in Catalonia, uh, which is driving yourself up to the French border with the Pyrenees, a beautiful part of the world, north of Barcelona. I work, of course, with two beautiful Spanish uh, women, uh, Marta who is my producer uh, and Rebecca who is our political reporter who's currently actually in Madrid. Now I realise that I'm going to be crossing into some quite dangerous territory here because uh, there was a time some of you following me on Twitter may remember when I got into a bit of trouble with what can only be described as the paella police because they decided that I should not be allowed to put chorizo in paella because traditional paella doesn't have chorizo in it. What I say is basically you can put chorizo in it if you want. You know, there are no laws against making paella any way that you want. And it's been described to me as well by a paella specialist as a kind of shepherd's pie type dish, which you can put anything in. Today, I'm going to be putting in a carrot. I'm going to be putting some lemon juice in. I'm going to be putting some chilies in it, some garlic, um, a sliced pepper, some smoked paprika, a little bit of chicken stock, some chicken, of course, and last but not least, some chorizo. Cheers. Okay, so what you're going to hear me doing now is chopping the um, the carrot up. Now, you can, of course, I mean, some people would put, say, rabbit into their paella as well. That's a, quite a big staple if you were eating paella down in Valencia. Um, the great thing about this particular dish, like all of the dishes that I'm going to be cooking for you, is that it's pretty quick to do. It doesn't take very much preparation. It's all doable in one particular um, pan. So, you get again, you're not moving one sauce from one pan to another pan you're not having to faff about with lots of different dishes you're not having to clean as you go you can just cut it all on the chopping board put it all in the pan and watch it cook basically all the while uh, sipping your very nice northeastern spanish rose wine i'm about to put the carrots inside the uh the frying pan in a moment as soon as i've finished chopping them and then i'm going to have a go at the pepper the other thing i like to do is to try and get as many different colors as you can if i had any green beans I would put some of those in. I actually forgot to buy them the last time I went to the shop, even though they did have them. Um, But I'll put some peas in, because that would be nice. And I'll get a bit of red colour from the the chilies that I'm about to cut up. i I'm going to put two red and one green, because the pepper is actually an orange colour, so it's going to look quite like the the carrots, actually. So um, we'll need to colour it up with some greenery uh, in the peas. And some parsley, of course, which, as you'll know by now, I quite like to put in everything. Now, as you'll be able to hear the pan is starting to sizzle a little bit and so we're going to stir because it's quite a large pan so you want to stir and spread everything out as much as you can now i've just had a little bit of an accident with the saffron saffron is one of those things that's really really expensive it's not something that you must have but because my daughter works in and around the middle east she's always picking up saffron in various places a lot of it comes from iran but it comes in these rather annoying to open little tins because you're only supposed to use a tiny little bit of it um so of course, I've just forced the tin open and it's gone all over, all over the cutting board. But never mind, uh, I've just got to actually get most of it back in. So I've just put a little bit in there, but saffron is very key to use in uh, paella when you're cooking it. Um, I'm also going to actually, at this point, put the chorizo in. So I've got some basic chorizo that I bought uh, in the supermarket. Some people go to a speciality shop for it, but the stuff that's from Waitrose is, is perfectly good. Um, and you'll probably be able to find it elsewhere as well. What I do is I tend to um, cut it up into relatively small slices, and you can use scissors to do that if you can't be bothered actually cutting it um, with, and then you can cut it just put it straight into the pan, right? And I've got at the moment, it's cooking chorizo that you need because there are two kinds. You can get the very hard uh, sort of salami style chorizo, which you can still use, but it's not as good. For this dish, I prefer to use the actual um, cooking chorizo, which means it's raw. And you have to actually cook it. The greatest thing about chorizo, of course, is the colour that comes off it. Because as it, as it cooks in the pan, it basically gives off this amazing sort of red, fatty um, gravy almost, that you can then use to wrap everything else around. It really is quite delicious and it smells amazing. I do love chorizo. There was a time when I used to make this pretty much every single week. haven't done it actually for a while. So now you're going to leave that to cook. So so far I've got garlic, I've got the chilies, I've got the carrots and I've got the chorizo into the pan. Added to that, I'm going to cut up a pepper and put that in as well. Make it as small as you like. Now the key to any decent paella is of course the flavouring. Because when you eat that Spanish paella on the streets of Barcelona or on the streets of Madrid or Valencia or Sevilla or Marbella, you basically taste the Spanish kind of flavours coming through. And what you can do is you can add the separate flavours as you wish. Or what you can do is you can just buy a spice packet for pay. Now, you can get these in most of the major supermarkets. But basically, if you haven't got the, the ability or the, um, the, the the shops around you to do it, uh, because they don't have it, what you need is some basically some smoked paprika, which you should be able to get anywhere. A little bit of sun-dried tomato, possibly, if you need it. A little bit uh, of ginger, perhaps, as well. Uh, and you can also put... Um, basically anything um, which will make it the red color. So you can put a bit of cumin in it if you wish. Um, I don't normally, um, but let me put you, put this particular um, package together for you. And when you start to smell the chorizo and you start to smell the Spanish flavors, uh, it will actually remind you of being in Spain. It's a wonderful thing. And we're gonna use some chicken stock as well. We're gonna add the chicken last effectively because the chicken cooks very, very quickly. You cut it up into chunks. I use chicken breast. Uh, You don't wanna use, chicken on the bone but some people do I mean there's no harm in sticking a chicken leg in there if that's what you want to do some people prefer to eat their chicken on the bone because it does actually kind of hold the flavors in quite a lot this one's going to be quite spicy because of all the uh, chilies but it's looking very orangey at the moment Uh, I'll be taking pictures and putting them out on the website as we go so basically we are pretty much ready to put the chicken in the pie is coming along very nicely I've poured myself another glass of wine so far we're only about 10 minutes in and we're very much about, I would say, a quarter of the way through the whole cooking process. I've added, uh, in addition to the spicy mix, I've also added a little bit of extra smoked paprika. So what happens in the pan is that as the chorizo is getting more and more cooked and more and more sort of shiny, if you like, a little bit greasy looking, the powder that I've just put in makes it kind of um, clump together. It makes it look as if it's now a bit more gloopy. So I've now got the chicken breast which I'm about to cut up into small pieces and let it fall into the pan. And it will be coated with this kind of um, spicy powdery stuff, which will give it a lovely flavor. And the chicken really will take hardly any time to cook at all. And always remember when you are cooking with chicken, whenever you're touching chicken, you don't want to go anywhere near. I mean, in these days of coronavirus, we're all supposed to be learning not to stick our hands into our mouths. But actually more important than that with chicken, is that you always want to wash your hands after you've touched it because if you go anywhere near your mouth with um, raw chicken on your hands you're possibly going to get very sick indeed and it's not the kind of sick that you'll enjoy now I'm getting a really strong whiff of chilli coming off the pan now which sometimes makes it a bit eye watery but don't worry because we'll be diluting that a bit um one of the things you should never do (coughs) is inhale the chili smoke that comes off a frying pan because if it's really hot and spicy which my thai chilies are it will get caught right in the back of your throat but it's coming along rather nicely i have to say Uh, i'm about to squeeze some lemon juice in there which will ameliorate some of the chilies i've got one of those lemon squeezy type things which is very good there it goes some people use the juice of a whole lemon i think a half is probably enough and funnily enough i did have a half left over so that's the ideal you can hear it sizzling in the pan there it really is a beautiful dish this it's looking very sort of red and orangey though it's not looking very green so pretty soon i'm gonna put some parsley in it some people would say put coriander in but uh, fresh coriander is always very good if you have it but i don't actually have any and don't forget some of the cooking that we're doing at the moment is basically cooking for people who haven't got an absolutely overflowing cupboard because obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic and some idiots are going out and buying everything up it's getting a little bit better but you know the bottom line now is that if you don't have something just go without but you can add coriander it goes very well uh, and it's lovely tasting too so you can hear it sizzling away there. Just to recap, we put the chicken in, we put the parsley in, we put the chorizo in, the carrot has been cooking for the longest time, the garlic is in there, uh, the paprika, the smoked paprika is in as well, pimenton, uh, that is called in Spain. Uh, we've also got the pepper, which is sizzling away, and it's all looking very good. So it's now almost time to put the pasta in. Now the pasta I'm gonna use is by de uh, and it's Italian, and it's called Tagliarini, and I'll be taking a picture of it and putting it out so that you know which one to buy. It's not the cheapest, okay, so, if you think it's a little bit beyond your budget don't worry because like i said you can actually use spaghetti it's that sort of style of pasta but it's a little thinner so maybe a sort of angel hair pasta might be might be good as well but it comes basically dry and what you're going to do is you're going to if you're going to hear me you're going to hold it over the um the, the pan you're going to basically just break it into the pan making it quite narrow quite small uh, and i'm using um, I guess around about um half of the packet here because i'm gonna make enough paella for basically two or three servings one of the things that i probably guess you've learned by now about me is that if i'm cooking i don't just cook one serving for myself i tend to cook for more than one and then that way if i need to um i can in fact just save it and put it in the fridge or the freezer and save it for more so i'm putting in half of this packet which is 250 grams so I'm basically putting in 125 grams now what I'm gonna show you when you see the pictures uh, is, is the way that the pasta, first of all, goes in and how you then stir it around and how you then make it mingle with all the lovely things in there. And then you mix it all around and basically you take some boiling water because what we now need to do is cook the pasta. So the, the boiling water will go into the pan and just about cover the pasta. You'll put, uh, and I'm using another gnaw stock pot because these are my favorite things. This is a chicken one because we've got chicken obviously if you put fish in there as well which you can add if you wish um then you might want to use a fish stock you can hear the water going in and basically just cover it so that it's covered and no more and then you give it a decent stir around so that um, the pasta will then have an opportunity to cook but it's cooking now in the juices of the of the chorizo the juices of the chicken stock and it's got all of those lovely things in there. And this is where we're going to add some peas as well. Frozen peas, very good. I don't worry about fresh ones. And I've already taken some frozen peas out of the freezer cunningly and decanted them into a um, a, a mug, which I normally would drink tea out of. You know what that does? That basically gives you the opportunity to not have to put frozen stuff into the pan and thereby somehow making it... Um, in all intents and purposes, take longer to boil. Because you're gonna bring it to the boil and then you're gonna watch basically as the water evaporates from the pan. And when the water evaporates from the pan completely, that's when we're gonna transfer it to the oven. So we're gonna turn the oven on and get that going. And this is gonna be absolutely beautiful. Now you can probably hear that I've switched the oven on. And once again, what we want to do is take the temperature of the oven. It's down to about 150 at the moment. We need it to be about on 180 or thereabouts, basically. If you've watched the paella um, basically dry out in inside the frying pan it should now be at a point where there's just a little bit of moisture still left in the pan so that most of the pasta is pretty well cooked but there is just a little bit of what you can see as water It's not really water, it's more like juice, it's more like gravy and it actually tastes delicious because it's got the flavors of the chorizo, it's got the chicken stock, uh, it's got the flavors of the chili, so it's a little bit spicy. It really is looking absolutely beautiful. Now the peas are in there giving it a nice uh, look of greenness to it. So what you're gonna do now is basically chuck it in the oven uh, in the same frying pan. You don't have to take it out. Once again, as I said the other day, if you are going to put a frying pan in the oven, do try and make sure it doesn't have a rubber handle, because what you don't want uh, is to have the old smell of burning rubber ruining dinner, because that's not going to help anybody. So you ideally want to use a frying pan that is in fact um, uh, got a proper sort of ceramic handle of some kind, uh, or a handle that's not going to burn. I mean, as I say, if you want to, go out and get one of those paillette dishes, and you can cook it on top of the stove in that, and then put it in the oven. So we're going to go for it. I'm going to put it in the oven now. will just open the door, slide it in, and it should, take the rest of that moisture out and the rest of that um, wetness out of it and so it'll still be a little bit moist you don't want it too dry a little bit moist but it's going to be absolutely delicious and you'll leave it in the oven for about 10 minutes and come back and check on it here's what you'll need for mg's paella first of all a little bit of olive oil to set everything off some chorizo sliced preferably cooking chorizo One chicken breast per person, depending how many you're cooking for. Two garlic cloves, chopped. One carrot, chopped. Two green chillies, chopped. One pepper, sliced. You can make it red or green or yellow or orange. One teaspoon of smoked paprika. One packet of paella spice mix. You can get that in most supermarkets. One little injection of garden peas. I just usually put a couple of handfuls in. Uh, Some chicken stock pot. And then for the pasta, you can either use spaghetti if you must, or uh, if you can get your hands on it, tagliarini is a very nice one as well. It's a slightly thinner version of spaghetti and it comes uh, in little circles of pasta. And that is all you'll need for one of the most delicious dishes of all time. Join me again next time for another episode of MG's Kitchen. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe, and if you want to show me your creations, tweet me at MG's Kitchen.